This year marks the 50th anniversary of the release of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Now, when I was a kid, this movie was just nice. It was cute. It was cuddly. I watched it all the time. And it was only when I watched the movie as an adult when something started to feel strange. And then I read the book and suddenly it dawned on me, Willy Wonka kills those kids. Coming up now on the Kitchen Sink Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to all you folks out there in cast country. You're listening to the Kitchen Sink Podcast. It's the show about everything and nothing. I'm your host, Memphis T-Bone Dotson, and I'm the illegitimate son of a Louisiana voodoo woman named Miss Cleo, but my friends usually call me Just Chad. So today I have called on uh, two of my best friends to help me explore a viral fan theory online that honestly, I thought nobody else was thinking but me. And then I read this theory and I thought, yes, indeed. And the idea is that Willy Wonka is a serial killer that those kids don't make it out of the factory, that Willy Wonka intends these kids harm, and that is what we're going to uncover, unravel the mystery, if you will, of what happens to these kids. Why is Willy Wonka the way that he is? How are these scenarios so perfectly set up? How do the Oompa Loompas already have lyrics to the songs about the children that they're about to kill? So let's get into it. Guys, uh, I'll be honest with you. I have not watched... Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in a very long time, but I'm going to throw it over to you, uh, Mr. Josh Heyman, uh, my guest from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle podcast episode. I'm going to ask you, Josh, what do you remember about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, if anything? I mean, I always thought that it was just a story about some guy killing a bunch of kids. I didn't think it was supposed to be a good movie. <laughs> you knew immediately. <laughs> yeah. So when you told me about this theory, I was just like, you know, I thought everybody knew this. <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course, more recently from the uh, movie episodes, I got my good friend Cody Richards here so, with me. So Cody, uh, what do you, I mean, you're quite a bit younger than both of us. So what, what's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory mean to you, man? It has been a long time since I've seen the movie, but I'm the same. I thought it was scary. It scared me. I thought he was killing those kids for sure. Absolutely. Especially that like uh, that boat scene, that like nightmarish boat scene, terrified me. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was a killer for sure. To this day, I have really violent motion sickness. We were in Disney a few years ago, and I don't like Disney World because I feel like if the zombie apocalypse is going to start somewhere. The best place to start it is Disney World, because every time I go to Disney World, I'm like, this proves that slow moving zombies could take over <laughs> the world. But we went on, I think it was the Haunted Mansion, maybe the like the Eddie, Eddie Murphy movie. Uh -huh, yeah. And I just can't do flashing lights and things that spin in circles. I get really sick to my stomach. And I, I think it is because of a trauma from that boat scene in <laughs> Willy. To this day, I can't hardly watch that boat scene in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It is nauseating. It's I, terrible. I, I, I yeah. can't do it. And it, it, it is, it's like the nightmare tunnel. That's all mm -hmm. I could think of. And, and again, when I was a kid, yeah, it freaked me out and it was scary. But then you, get, you go back and watch it as an adult. You're like, what is going, there's bugs yeah. eating bugs and there's all kinds of death and destruction and murder. I mean, it is everywhere in that little tapestry right there. So Roald Dahl is the name of the guy who wrote uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And he also wrote a lot of other popular children's books. Uh, one of my wife's favorite movies is a movie called Matilda and Roald Dahl wrote Matilda. James and the Giant Peach is a Roald Dahl book. BFG, which I, I love that movie. Uh, Roald Dahl wrote that book. Uh, the Witches, which was a super freaky movie when I was a kid, is also a Roald Dahl book. And these popular children's authors, you might think that they're wonderful people, but they're actually terrible human beings <laughs> in, in many cases. Now I, I don't, I don't want to offend anyone. If anyone in Roald Dahl's family is listening, I want you to know 
I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that, uh, no, I'm sorry. He was an awful yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. He was an yeah, he awful was. person. So, uh, what did we find out about Roald Dahl? Let's, uh, you guys throw some stuff at me. We've all been sitting here doing a little bit of research, but what were, uh, what were some things that we discovered about old Roald? Well, he was definitely a child hater. A lot, <laughs> a lot of his books, he calls kids stinkers, disgusting little blisters, spoiled brats, greedy little thieves. Wait, go back. Disgusting little blisters. Disgusting little blisters was the quote for <laughs> something he called a child in his book. <laughs> Never once in my life have I ever stopped and thought, I'm, man, you disgusting little blister." I think that about all children who aren't mine. <laughs> <laughs> what about you josh you got anything <laughs> i just recently found out that uh he also wrote adult erotica oh <laughs> my goodness like in mean, one extreme to the other right he, he was he was the og 50 shades of gray <laughs> <laughs> rolled was he was on it way back in the day man he's a he's a pioneer um i also read that he constantly cheated on his wife with uh, his wife's best friend. I believe I read that. And uh, one of you told me something about um, anti-Semitism. What was the uh, quote, the very disturbing quote that we just we just heard a minute ago? Cody was... Oh, uh, he said something like the, uh, the, the stinker Hitler uh, must have had a reason for... For doing those things to the Jews or something. Oh my! I gosh. can't remember exactly something what it was. Oh, I remember read uh, something along the same same lines. Roald Dahl said, "You know, things don't start for no reason. There's always a reason why anything starts anywhere." And yeah, and I think that was it. Where he was like, even Hitler, even that stinker Hitler, that stinker you know, Hitler, he had his reasons, and you know they weren't terrible reasons. Like, oh, and and. Let's Calm down, Rolf. Did you, wait? <laughs> did you say two little Jewish girls wrote him a letter? Yeah, yeah. The two little, little Jewish girls were like, "We love your books, but if you could just stop hating the Jews, that would be nice." <laughs> <laughs> like, please, Mister Dahl. That is awful. Yeah. I've I've seen some things online where apparently uh, his family is now apologizing for uh, the legacy that he's kind of. Uh, left behind some of the things that he has said, but you know, Dr. Seuss has been under fire lately too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and, of, and of all the things that I heard recently in Dr. Seuss, uh, which, uh, I mean, I've read a bunch of articles about all the controversy surrounding Dr. Seuss, but for me, the worst one was, uh, uh I believe it was Dr. Seuss's, uh, first wife. She was dying of cancer, I think. And, uh, I don't know if he was just like, man, I'm tired of this cancer. I'm going to just start having an affair. And so he's just cheating on his dying wife all the time. And she discovered it. And so then she decided she was going to commit suicide. And in her suicide letter, she said, basically, listen, uh, Dr. Seuss, uh, I just can't take this anymore. But uh, I, I don't want your reputation to be ruined. So listen, you can just tell people that I was tired and upset, and that's why I killed myself. It had nothing to do with you. Your reputation will be protected. No one will ever know your secret. I'll take it to the grave. And then she proceeded to swallow a bunch of barbiturates and uh, go to sleep forever. Yikes. So yeah, Dr. Seuss, way to go, buddy. What is it with our childhood uh, our authors just being scumbags? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just want to know if the letter rhymed. <laughs> or was that just his thing? I <laughs> And did she really address her husband as Dr. Seuss? <laughs> well, probably not. Dear Dr. Seuss. Dear Dr. Seuss. Dearest Dr. Seuss. Daddy Seuss, you know? Like, Daddy Seuss, PhD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but you know, if you even go back, like a lot of um, children's fairy tales are really dark and super Yeah, the Grimm's morbid. Fairy Tales collection. Yeah. There, that's a that's a whole podcast. Un, yeah, unto that'd be its, a fun one unto itself. What's the one? Is it? I think it's Sleeping Beauty, isn't it? Where in the original story, basically a king shows up, finds this woman asleep, and uh, she ends up pregnant 
Uh, which Ooh, okay. means he yeah, he doesn't wake up till yeah. she has the baby. Out. Yeah, she wakes up. She's like, he raped her while yeah. she was unconscious. I mean, yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. Little Mermaid. Uh, she didn't go on to like try to marry the prince. She tried to kill him to become a mermaid again. Yeah, yeah. and then she tried to kill herself to become yeah. immortal. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Good sweet lord, man. Um, well, I can I can tell you my my son was asking me about. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory the other day. And I was explaining to him that there was a book and it wasn't until I read the book many years ago that I really started to get this strong sense that Willy Wonka is an insane person who is essentially looking for a protege to groom Mm -hmm. to uh, air quotes, take over the chocolate factory. And by that, I mean his murder empire. Mm Uh, so <clears throat> then I, then somewhere around that same time, I discovered this fan theory and I started looking at it. And if you think about all the elements that are in place in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, it very much feels like everything is a setup. Even the way the kids are chosen feels like a setup. Okay. So do you guys think, cause I've, I've thought this for years. Charlie wins that golden ticket in a local candy store, but it's the the guy who runs the candy store who sings that song, The Candy Man. Oh, yeah. um, he gives that bar to Charlie. Like he yeah. picks it off the wall, but he chooses it. It was purposeful. I think yeah. so. Interesting. I, I think Willy Wonka saw, and how creepy is that? <clears throat> if that's true, that means Wonka was watching that kid. Yeah, he's probably watching all the kids, yeah. mm-hmm. figuring out who who can who he can kill and who he can groom to become the next. Uh-huh. Like he's sneaking out of the factory at night, and he's just watching kids. What a creeper! Uh-huh. Or he's having the Oompa Loompas do it for him. Ooh, ooh imagine waking this. up in the middle of the night and seeing an Oompa Loompa <laughs> staring over you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Oompa Loompas are another uh, troublesome uh, part of Roald Dahl's history. You know, he was forced to change it uh, later on because somebody convinced him. Because uh, in the original, the Oompa Loompas were uh, little black people from Africa. And uh, someone said, Roald, are you saying that you have <clears throat> African slaves working in your candy factory? And he was like, I see what you're saying. <laughs> so, yeah. You got me. So he, he ended up changing. Some he was changes like, here. And so he, he changed, he changed that up, but uh, just Oompa Loompa sneaking around, just peeking in kids' windows. <laughs> like, like the, like the ultimate creeper, Pe- Peter Pan. Peter right? Pan. Yeah. Peter yeah. Pan's a super creeper. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always believed that that's, I got a whole other conspiracy fan theory about Peter Pan. There's so much wrong with Peter Pan, but definitely. If we can go back to the, um, uh, looking for a protege kind of thing to murder children. Like, is this something we think that maybe he had tried to do before or has all of his chocolate been made from children? Is that how this works? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> and I'm going to say uh, probably not the first time, you know, because I mean, he executed this too well. If you think about it, like he probably, do you know how many, uh, poor people are just sitting on the street that uh, nobody even knows are there. I bet he's been killing poor people for years mm, and probably. just dragging them off the street like and being the purge. Like, yeah, like the purge or, or like what they did in that Venom movie where they were like, here's these homeless people. Nobody's going to miss them. Let's bring them in and infect them with an alien right. thingy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think is definitely he's he's been practicing like most serial killers. This isn't Willy Wonka's first go round. He's it's hard to tell. I, I've I've heard that Hollywood might be green lighting a backstory for Willy Wonka. Ooh. And I'm like, nobody wants to see that backstory. Nobody <laughs> wants to know. Mm-mm. I I kinda wanna know. Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, even in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh his dad is uh played by in the in the film, uh is played by Christopher Christopher Lee. Uh Saruman from the Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is That's it right. Christopher Lee? Am I saying yeah, the right I name? I believe so. Um, and, uh, that guy, he's like a professional bad guy. He looks like a serial killer. He definitely looks like he eats children in his spare time. I mean, yeah. I, I would even go as far back as, you know, his dad 
was training him up, grooming him up. It's like a girl mm-hmm. with the dragon tattoo type of scenario where it's like this murder is in the family. It just keeps getting passed down. What if Willy Wonka was a kid and so some other Willy Wonka groomed him? Hmm? Oh, what if it's a, man. What if it's a long line of serial killer grooming? Yeah, oh, like what's dude. his dad's backstory? I know. All I know is his dad won't let him have candy. Yep, because they're made of... People, children. Yes. <laughs> don't he eat was, the candy. He was it's probably kids. like, he's probably like, don't eat my candy, son. I don't want you to be like me. <laughs> and then one day he had like a Werther's original or something. And he's like, oh something man, this snapped is, inside of him. This is definitely made of old people. Like this, this doesn't taste like scorched horse. I'm going to eat this all day. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm telling you, man, there's a whole, there's a whole world here, a whole world. But yes, I definitely, I agree with you guys. Those children are chosen with intention. So mm-hmm. here, we keep talking about this viral uh, fan theory. So let's let's look at the viral fan theory. So these five kids come to the factory, and only one of them come out. And the first kid is none other than our boy Augustus Gloop. And he loves the chocolate. He thinks he's wonderful. And he ends up... <laughs> putting his face in a river of chocolate. And um, so let the, the fan theory theorizes about how these kids would have possibly perished in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. So with Augustus Gloop, he gets sucked up the tube. How do you think he might expire? I would suffocate, I think. I mean, before you, I mean, it's full of liquid chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe like the vacuum of the tube, he got stuck, gets stuck in there. Uh huh. Pull him apart. Pull him apart. Pull yeah. Him apart. <laughs> I always thought maybe drowning. Drowning yeah. in the chocolate. Yeah. But suffocation really, I think, makes the most sense because he gets stuck in that tube, and there's that famous image of Augustus, and he's in the in the tube, and his mom's like, "What do we do?" And he's just in there. Ah. But he's blocked off the tube. Mm -hmm. There's no oxygen in there. It's a sealed system. He's gone. He's going to die. He's gone. How's he going to make it out? He's not able to breathe. And if he, even if he is able to catch some air, he's definitely going to drown in in the the chocolate. There's no question about that. Way to go, though, man. Chocolate drowning. That sounds great. I love this little quote that Grandpa Joe says when he gets sucked up in the tube. He goes, he used to be fat. Now he's as thin as a straw. (laughs) (laughs) So even if he does make it through the pipe, right, he's headed to the fudge room and he tells an Oompa Loompa to keep his eye out because there might be a boy that's on his way to the fudge room and he might accidentally end up in the boiler. So oh, might he's either going to suffocate, he's going to drown, he's going to either get boiled alive and there's no one there to help him. And I love how he doesn't like stop, you know, the, the conveyor or whatever, the machine. He just says, hey, watch out for this, you know, keep an eye out for this thing that might happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody's in a rush. Nobody's yeah. like, oh, it, it, like death is imminent. He's like, yeah. Oh, I'm, no, poor yeah. him. <laughs> Be, because you think about it, where does that pipe spit out? Wouldn't it make sense for it to spit out in the boiler? Yeah, directly in yeah. the boiler. That just makes the most sense. That keeps it the most untainted. As soon as you expose that thing to the air before it boils, just going to have a chance to develop bacteria, maybe get an infection. You know, might have a child in it. Might have a child. (laughs) He's a goner for sure. I I love, I love when, uh, uh, the Augustus mom is like, he'll be turned into a fudge or whatever. And Wonka's like, no, the chocolate would taste terrible. Can you imagine <laughs> Augustus Glute flavored fudge? That would, oh, that'd be the worst. And she's so offended. <laughs> Are you trying to say my baby wouldn't taste good if he was turned into chocolate? <laughs> it's, it's funny how he knows this, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. The next up to go is Violet Beauregard. Violet. These kids have great names, by the way. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do, awesome man. Names. Violet Beauregard. So, uh, how, how do we think she's she goes? Because she's right. She's the one that chews the gum, right? She's the one that's got the disgusting gum chewing habit. Yeah, yeah. She starts chewing the gum. She starts to turn blue, and she starts to expand. Puff up. Yeah. So how does how's she gonna die? Oh, she's just gonna splatter the walls. Mm-hmm. I mean, just she's gonna go just everywhere. Continue to get bigger. 
Okay. Or she's going to hit something sharp and, you know. <laughs> the Oompa are going to roll her away and pop her somewhere. I think another popular movie was trying to tell us that this is exactly what's going to happen. See, I, I, I have this weird theory that a lot of Hollywood exists in the same sort of like multiverse, if you will. And there was a movie when I was a kid called Big Trouble in Little China. Yep. And there's a scene at the end. Now, that movie's got to get a podcast all by itself. Do you know I hear they're remaking that? With none other than Dwayne the Rock Johnson, really, which I'm I'm actually pretty excited yeah, about. Yeah, I'm into I, the know, idea. I'm into I, it. I I I love Kurt Russell does a deliberately bad John Wayne impression, <laughs> basically in the movie. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It's so good. But at the end of that movie, um, Kurt Russell is fighting this one guy, and and all of a sudden that guy sees his master is dead. And because Kurt Russell's taking him out and this guy starts to expand and get bigger and bigger and bigger until finally we've seen him blow like blown up big and he looks like a garbage pail kid with stuff coming out of his nose and his ears. And then finally he just blows up and I'm like, that's what happened to Violet Beauregard. That's the very first thing I thought when I saw that, like this is they're trying to tell us Violet Beauregard does not get juiced for starters. How do you juice someone? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, we could. That is a that is a pretty uh, awkward question. <laughs> it's like, a questionable thing. Use her toes like udders or something. You just. I guess <laughs> maybe bring it out through the fingernails, or I mean, it's a. Uh, there's no uh, even even if you think about the uh, more <clears throat> awkward components of juicing an individual. Yeah. It's all uh, it's it's all illegal. I can it, tell you that. Like like she's a child. So. Th- th- she's a child. Okay. There's no way someone's not going to jail for life. Like those oompa loompas. No matter what you do, you're breaking the law. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So this champion uh, gum chewer, she most definitely becomes a huge blueberry and then explodes. There's mm-hmm. no question about that. I love Willy Wonka's. Uh, unconcerned uh, juice her ASAP or she'll just explode. (laughs) (laughs) He is uh, completely, completely uh, agnostic to her survival. Uh, Could she have survived? I don't think she could have survived. There's no no way of turning that around. I mean, stretch marks. Like, I mean, you come back, you're just going to be like this flabby, you know, skinny girl. Or even if they had a machine that they could put her in, like a press, like, you know, the things that you use to juice, like uh, oranges or lemons. Uh, there's no way she's not getting crushed. Because what juicer is designed to uh, uh, feel human tissue and bone and say, nope, that's too much pressure. Nope, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's no. Right. <laughs> the next person up is Veruca Salt. She, she was a bad egg. Veruca Salt was a bad egg. Her cause of death, a fall. If you recall, she's singing about these golden eggs. Mm -hmm. She's like, I want it now. And she gets on a scale, determined that she is a bad egg, and she falls down where it is explained that she's heading to the garbage. And the garbage goes to the furnace, uh, but the furnace is only turned on every other day. And Wonka, gee whiz, he can't remember if today is the day when they fire the furnace or not. He knows. And uh, and when the dad is like, "Yeah, you're joking, right? You're joking. Yeah, no, no. Wonka's like, eh, I don't know. And the dad dives in. So in this case, not only does the kid in all likelihood uh, die, uh, likely by uh, either just the fall itself or incineration, one of the two, but the dad also dies. Yeah, both of them are gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Two for one deal. And I've often wondered, was that in Wonka's plan? Did he mean for the dad to die? I don't know. He, he seems like a pretty smart individual. I'd say he probably yeah. schemed that ahead of time. <laughs> he, he probably knew he would jump in their head first after yeah. his daughter, mm-hmm. you know. But, but it, why was he the only parent that did? I mean, you know, the boy that fell into the... River, I mean, his mom yeah. didn't go in after him or nothing. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to get sucked up in the You know, she's nope, she doesn't want to do that. <clears throat> and then, you know, with Violet's uh, person, I can't remember if it was a mom or a dad, but but uh, I think it was a dad, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, what could he really do to juice her? Uh, I, I don't, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, this dad is the only one. He's the only mm-hmm. one that's uh, that really loves his. Uh, yeah. Child. <laughs> <laughs> you get the sense that some of these other parents are like, "Oh no, my <laughs> child, whom I love with all my heart, is in danger. Please come back." <laughs> I like how Wonka's always doing stuff like that throughout the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, please, hey, no, no, don't. Don't, don't do that. No. <laughs> uh, my least favorite of all the kids, personally was Mike TV. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike TV, I wanted to strangle him the entire time. They made him even more insufferable in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie. But here's what's interesting about this. Uh, do you guys remember what happens to Mike TV? Doesn't he, like, try some new technology and he gets, like, zapped into, like, a TV or yeah. a microwave yeah. or something? Wonka Vision. Wonka Vision, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they come in there and there's like this TV. And what's interesting about all this, and and if we want to strengthen the whole murder argument, so Augustus Gloop is a is a glutton. And so the very first thing you do is show this glutton a river of chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which has to be one of the most irresistible things imaginable mm-hmm. for a glutton. Right. <clears throat> because I am a glutton. And I know that I'm Augustus Gloop in that factory all day long. <laughs> See a river of chocolate, you're going to want to dive in. I always really identified with Augustus Gloop in that. I'm like, I know why he's in that river yeah, right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He, he ain't wrong. He, ain't wrong. <laughs> he just followed his heart. That's all. <laughs> like, can I get an amen? He's in the chocolate river. <laughs> I feel you. Um, and then uh, Violet champion gum chewer mm-hmm. there's gum there she's not supposed to chew steer experimental very much clearly a setup there yeah it's all premeditated uh-huh yeah. and then uh uh veruca salt obviously big things of gold she's obsessed with material things mm-hmm. you know she is definitely a diamonds are a girl's best friend type of person so naturally she's going to want this golden egg and somehow get herself in trouble everything's been perfect bait but there's maybe no more perfect bait than what he does for mike tv who is literally got tv in his name yeah. mm-hmm. and this technology supposedly brings chocolate straight to you through your television. So of course, Mike TV is like, come on, I want to get in there. I bet you, have you ever thought you could transport a person? I know he's a smart know-it-all and he's just, he's just like, you know, I bet you really could. I bet. And he's, you know, going on and Wonka's like, I can't wait to put this kid in here. You can see <laughs> the sheer joy of like, yeah. I can't wait to turn this kid into a GI Joe sized individual. And that's exactly what happens. But what is Wonka's, advice uh uh one of the oompa loompas asks him um something and wonka says something to him like no 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 because they're talking about how to fix him and the oompa loompas like what and wonka's like oh no no i won't hold you responsible (laughs) hold you responsible for what (laughs) for what getting rid of him getting rid of him (laughs) Because, because remember what, do you guys remember the solution for Mike TV? Cause they've made him a tiny little person. They're going to try to stretch him. Mm-hmm. All right. Now guys, does the human body stretch the last no. time you guys checked? Well, wait, it does. Because remember, you know, little girl got blown up. I mean, she stretched what? pretty oh, good. She right? did. She did. <laughs> just give him what the, what she what she stole. There you go. <laughs> Blow him back up. Maybe Mike TV just needs a little. He, maybe he just needs juiced. Maybe that's the, juice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So, but again, that's not survivable. No. There's no way. Mike yeah. TV is not making it out of there. Just like all the other kids. Yep. And then Charlie and his grandpa. They commit that crime where they drink the fizzy lifting drink and they nearly die, get sucked up into a fan. And then at the end, Wonka's confronting them and, and you think that Charlie's not going to get the prize. And then you know Charlie ends up giving back the everlasting gobstopper, which I almost forget in all of this uh, murder that we're trying to win a, uh, an everlasting gobstopper to give to Wonka's competition. Right. And so then 
uh, Charlie comes back. He sets the the everlasting gobstopper on Willy Wonka's uh, desk and is like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, sell out Willy Wonka. I'm not going to do this. And Wonka's like, and so shines a good deed in a weary world or something like that. <laughs> and he's like, Charlie, Charlie, my boy, you've won. You've won. Won what exactly? He gets to bring his whole family to the murder factory. Um, they get to live there happily ever after. And Wonka's going to share all his candy-making secrets. And in those movies, and at least in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, you don't ever see or hear from those kids. Mike TV, Veruca Salt, uh, Violet Beauregard, Augustus Gloop. They're just never even brought up at the end of that film. Because they're dead. <laughs> I agree. Now, let's strengthen the theory a little bit. Now, now we don't need to read them all, <clears throat> but if you have never read Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, oh, by the way, what would you pull a human being on? What would you stretch them on? A taffy puller, maybe? Mm, you ever yeah. seen a taffy puller mm -hmm. in action? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way you're not breaking every bone in a body while you're in a taffy twister grinder thing. For sure. Uh, his bones are going to be powder by the mm -hmm. time that's over with. But when I read the book, the Oompa Loompa songs tell you everything that you need to know about uh, the reality that uh, these kids aren't making it out. For one thing, I read somewhere that Roald Dahl initially wanted to include as many as 100 kids winning tickets to the factory and have all of them meet demises. There's even uh, deleted chapters from the book that you can read online now that kind of strengthen this whole theory uh, that, that these kids don't all necessarily make it out uh, alive and this one one of the deleted chapters is pretty pretty hardcore because it definitely sounds like uh, no I'm going to kill you now like that's kind of wow. the, that's sort of the 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 Willy Wonka thing so let me uh, let me find one of the one of the Oompa Loompa songs let's go to Mike TV let me see if I can find it here okay so here is a little bit. <clears throat> of the Oompa Loompa song that was made up on the fly, right? I think this is the other best piece of evidence that Willy Wonka intends these children harm, that they knew who the kids were, they were coming to the factory, and every rotten child had a perfectly performed and rehearsed song. I mean, the choreography alone, it doesn't just come together overnight, guys. No. <laughs> no. And then, like, what happens when someone messes up word? These guys <clears throat> were like an Olympic, like the swimming dance team things where they oh, do, yeah. where they can't touch the, the bottom of the pool, but they're shooting up out of the pool like, you know, sharks mm -hmm. in South Africa coming out of the water and eating baby seals. So this is, uh, this is what they sing about Mike TV. They say, so far as children are concerned, is never, never, never let them near your television set or better still, just don't install the idiotic thing at all. In almost every house we've been, we've watched them gaping at the screen. Now, hold on a second. In almost every house we've been. That means they mm -hmm. are going around and watching people. Boom. Your theory from earlier, Cody, on the money. The Oompa Loompas are watching them. That's They're right. in their houses. Wonka might be watching kids, but the Oompa Loompas say in almost almost every house we've been how many houses have you guys been going into watching little kids and then here's what they have watched these kids do or maybe we should say future victims <laughs> uh we've watched them gaping at the screen they loll and slop and lounge about and stare until their eyes pop out last week in someone's place we saw a dozen eyeballs on the floor. I, I think maybe they were confusing people with pugs right there. Because <laughs> um, that's why I'll never have a pug. I couldn't push the eyeballs back in. Yep. <laughs> yep. They sit, they stare, they're hypnotized uh, until they're absolutely drunk with all that shocking, ghastly junk. Oh, yes. 
We know it keeps them still. They don't climb out the windowsill. They never fight or kick or punch. They leave you free to cook the lunch and wash the dishes in the sink. But did you ever stop to think, to wonder just exactly what this does to your beloved tot? It rots the senses in the head. It kills imagination dead. It clogs and clutters up the mind. It makes a child so dull and blind he can no longer understand a fantasy, a fairyland. His brain becomes as soft as cheese. Does this not all just sound like justification mm-hmm. to you guys? It yeah. does. Very much so. But then with some of the kids, they get a lot more specific. So like Augustus Gloop, for example, is uh, if we thought that people were fat shaming today, uh, this what they say about Augustus Gloop is uh, fat shaming squared. Because uh, uh, if, some, if you wrote something like this now, uh, you would no doubt be canceled. I have no doubt whatsoever. Let's see, where is it? Uh, Go back to the uh, TV thing. I find it kind of ironic that, you know, this bit of advice is put on a movie for you to watch on your TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So here's <laughs> now as a professional fat man, I'm, I'm tempted to take <laughs> offense to this. <clears throat> um, Augustus Gloop, Augustus Gloop, the great big greedy nincompoop. How long could we allow this beast to gorge and guzzle, feed and feast on everything he wanted? Great Scott, it simply wouldn't do. However long this pig might live, this is a child, (laughs) we're positive he'd never give even the smallest bit of fun or happiness to anyone. So in other words, this pig is never going to contribute anything to the world. (laughs) So what do we do in cases such as this? We use the gentle touch and carefully we take the brat and turn him into something that will give great pleasure to us all. A doll, (laughs) for instance, or a ball or marbles or a rocking horse. But this revolting boy, of course, was so unutterably vile, unutterably vile. I'm not even sure what that last word means, but it doesn't sound good. Uh, So greedy, foul and infantile that he left a most disgusting taste inside our mouths. Guys, not would leave a disgusting taste in our mouths. He he left a disgusting taste in our mouths. Like within that little bit of time, they've already processed him and taken bites. Yeah, like it sounds like it. Like it's already over. Like Ms. Gloop is out there pleading for the life of her child. (laughs) Meanwhile, they're like, oh, that's not good. And apparently Mr. Wonka was right. He doesn't make uh, make good uh, chocolate. Uh, so in a haste, they chose a thing, come what may, would take the nasty away. Come on, we cried. The time is ripe to send him shooting up the pipe. <laughs> he has to go. It has to be. And very soon he's going to see inside the room to which he's gone. Some funny things are going on, but don't, dear children, be alarmed. Augustus Gloop will not be harmed. Although, of course, we must admit he will be altered quite a bit. He'll be quite changed from what he's been when he goes through the fudge machine. Slowly, the wheels go round and round. The cogs begin to grind and pound. A hundred knives go slice, slice, slice. We add some sugar, cream, and spice. We boil him for a minute more until we're absolutely sure that all the greed and all the gall is boiled away for once and for all. And then he comes out and now by grace, a miracle has taken place. The boy who only just before was loathed by men from shore to shore, this greedy brute, this louse's ear is loved by people everywhere for who could hate or bear a grudge against a luscious bit of fudge it's a nightmare these are great lyrics like they if really i was are. in a metal band these would be my <laughs> lyric right here dude. <laughs> there's probably like a norwegian black oh, metal yeah. band <laughs> they've got these songs on lock yeah so that pretty much solidifies that that, they, that they're gonna kill him right? yeah, they, they yeah. Killed him. he's gone mm-hmm. now i'm a firm believer 
that because originally Roald Dahl wanted to bring many more children to a kind of a violent end in this book, uh, some 100 kids, right? So his publishers told him, listen, you can't put this many kids through this much stuff. And, and, and you, so we'll let you have four. <laughs> and so they, they give him like two Americans, uh, a, a German, um, a Swede and, uh, and then, and then one of their own. And he, and that's the one who ends up winning the golden ticket. But what I find funny is you go to the end of this, this story. Most of the chapters are kind of long, um, for a children's book. And then you get to the chapter where it says the children leave the factory. So we should, we should uh, qu- quantify all this by saying the children leave the factory in the book. What are you going to say? One way or another. Maybe they were shipped. Yeah. Like in chocolate bars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's see how they left. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it does. They, they, one of the bits of commentary that Wonka makes is on Mike TV, for example, who has now been stretched. And, uh, when they're one of the, I think it's Charlie who's maybe asking about, well, what about Mike TV? And Wonka's like, oh, look at how tall and stretchy he is now. He'll be wanted by every basketball team in the land. <laughs> it's so silly. But my problem with this last chapter in the book is it almost feels like someone said, Rold, you have to write a chapter where the kids get out of the factory. And he was like, do I? <laughs> and they're like, uh, yes, we can't leave it to doubt yeah. like they did in the 1971 Gene Wilder classic where you don't see those kids leave the factory. I almost wonder if like that was a little more how Roald Dahl would have preferred it yeah. to end like, yeah. like up in the air. Like did the children make it out of the factory? Because that chapter in the book feels so qu- it, It's very short compared to all the other chapters in the book. And it feels hotly disingenuous uh, to, to everything else that's happened in the book. And there, I mean, the Oompa Loompas not only was what they said, there kind of awful, but they also talk about how I can't remember which kid it was. Maybe, maybe I think it was Violet, the, the one that blew up, right? She, I think that they said to her that they just hope that she can survive the cure. Like, yeah, and they use that that terminology. Being we hope juiced? she can. Yeah, I think so. We hope she can survive the cure, hmm. and 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 all along the way, the parents in this book are always saying to Willy Wonka, "Are my kids going to be okay?" And he's like, "Oh, certainly, I think so. <laughs> maybe, I, sure, right? Ninety-five. <laughs> well, maybe more like thirty-seven percent sure." <laughs> Oh my goodness. So yeah, the long and short of it, guys, uh, Willy Wonka kills these kids. Yeah. yeah. You know, thinking about the Oompa Loompa songs, like Raul Dahl really did hate kids, but it kind of also seems like it's his reflection on how like the parents are raising their kids. Yeah. Because it just, especially with the TV one, like you're letting your kids sit there hypnotized by the tv while you do your things look how wrong that is yeah i i think that maybe maybe he's like killing the kids to punish the community for raising bratty children it reminds me of the movie seven you ever seen that yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. seven Man. seven's a fantastic movie yeah i, I, I t- that was go ahead finish what you're gonna say that's all i was gonna say it's just like seven so <laughs> when so the the one of the very first like kind of dates my wife and I, my wife and i ever went on was I just thought I'm going to put her to the test immediately because I, I'll admit I'm a lot for anybody in one dose. So I'm like, you know what? We're just going to roll the dice and I'm going to just see if this is going to work out. She's like, what, what movie do you want to watch? And I said, seven. So you, your, your dating vibe check is to make them watch seven just to see if they pass the vibe check, right? He only <laughs> had to do it once, apparently. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. I was gonna say, you, I, um, don't make me feel weird about. No, it. No, no, no. Like, I'm on your side. I'm with you. That's that's the best thing. I'm gonna actually start doing that now. <laughs> but but we did know we sat down and and we watched seven and I I told her it was one, at that time it was one of my favorite movies and still is. It's a, still a phenomenal. Oh, it's so good. It's it's amazing. But I just thought, how's she gonna respond to this ending in seven and what's in the box? 
Yeah. Uh, what was it like? John Doe has the upper hand. John Doe has the upper hand. You know, that, the whole thing at the end. You're like, oh, what's, come on, what's in the box? You know, you more than the hand. I'll tell you that. Oh, man. It's <laughs> that. But yes, that's a, that was a weird thing for me. I, I admit, you know, because see, the very first date movie I ever tried was Ghost, starring Patrick Swayze. And when I went to see that, it was like in fifth or sixth grade. And uh, I thought it was a scary movie. I didn't know I was going to see a chick flick. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing worse than going to a movie and then you get there and you find out it's a romantic, <laughs> like not comedy, but it's a, it's just a romantic, it's just a romantic <laughs> movie. And there's all these emotions at the end of it. And that's the worst part because you know, fifth grade, you you don't know how to handle yourself in those situations. <laughs> like at the end when Demi is all Demi, Demi, I don't know how you say her name. I say to me, I, I don't, nobody knows. Um, but at the end when she's crying and then you can see Patrick Swayze, uh, uh, again, and, and there's all these emotions. All I could think was, do I hold her hand? Is she emotional? <laughs> do I pretend to cry? Yeah, I do. I write Cause I mean, I, if I'm being honest, I, 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 I cry very easy. I Same. cry <laughs> like, like, let me tell you something, guys. When I, uh, I think it was last year. Uh, I was watching uh, the Professional Darts Corporation, which is one of my favorite things in life. I love watching professional darts. And one of my favorite players, he's my favorite player, is a guy named Peter Snakebite Wright. And he always puts his hair up in a mohawk, and he always wears really crazy clothes, and he always paints a big snake's head on the side of his uh, head and then like a flag on, on the right side of his head. And... The people that turn out for these things, one of these days, if we ever get rich and famous, you guys are going to be on the plane with me. We're going to go to Europe and we're going to go to one of these events where there's literally like, you know, 8,000 people that show up to watch grown men throw darts. And it's a <laughs> big, yeah. it's a big deal over there. And, and, and so Peter was up against the world, uh, like the best player in the world. His name's Michael Van Gerwen. And Michael Van Gerwen looks like Uncle Fester, just like a thinned down version of Uncle Fester that's super good at darts. And when these guys get like a maximum score, I mean, it's like it's like watching somebody score a goal in soccer, except they just do it a lot shorter because they got to go get their darts out of the board so the guy can throw his <laughs> set of darts. And when Peter Snakebite Wright won the world championship last year, I was on my feet shouting and crying in my own living. I mean, just, just pouring tears over a dart match. I had my copy of Fun Dart Mentals that I bought many years ago. I was just holding it close to me, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is a book. I think it's right over there on the shelf. As a matter of fact, I'll show it to you guys as soon as we wrap this podcast up. And I was just holding it going like, I know you can do it, Pete. <laughs> That's wonderful. I was like, let's go, world champion. It was it was awesome. So, Chad, I learned something interesting about you every time we talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, with me, I always desperately like I'm one of the first men in my family to not be an athlete. Like I'm like all I, all my uncles and my dad. Like like literally, I've heard the story so many times growing up. Do you remember? Did you know? Did your dad ever tell you that story about the time that he threw a no hitter in little league at the Kiger Creek uh, baseball tournament? And I'm like, yes, I've heard that a thousand times from everybody in the local community. And and yes, I've never done anything like that. So uh, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> uh, my uncles were all good at basketball all the time. And like when I was coming up the ranks, especially like basketball and stuff, there were people looking at me like, "Ooh, you're a Dotson." Like you're, you're, you, it's in the genes. You're a natural athlete. And I'm like, no, it's, um, it's, it's real. It's embarrassing and it's painful because I want to be a good athlete. So I am always looking for sports that are like attainable for me. And, and all these guys that throw darts, they look like me. They've, they're all like, they look like they're, they're overweight. They have partied a little too much in their lives. And, and I'm, I'm like, Goals right oh. there. Goals, baby. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, there are there are several sports in the world where I'm like one of these days, man. Right now it's axe throwing for me. I'm thinking I could get really good at that because again, most of the people I see throwing axes, uh, they look like me. They just look like overweight guys looking for an athletic hobby. So, yeah. so mine yeah. right now is uh 
professional slap fighting. <laughs> saw that. <laughs> Just two dudes standing across from a table smacking from each, each other, other, smacking <laughs> the crap out of each other. <laughs> They just take turns one after another, just smack, and then they just stand there like, oh, yeah, that was yeah. a good one. Yeah. And whoever falls over yeah. loses, basically. I've seen some some hard ones, man. Yeah. A one hit and you're out kind of stuff. Yeah. Their faces get so red. Yeah, they do. And then you see, like, before and after pictures, like, the next day, and their, like, faces, like, swollen, yeah. like, they got, a, they got, like, a gobstopper in their mouth. I, I feel like the guys that have beards are cheating. Oh, yeah, a little bit of cushion. Yeah. A little bit of cushion. <laughs> My first thought was, how do you train for slap, like, slapping competition? Smack and, yourself in a mirror, bro. Yeah. And, and, and as I'm watching it on YouTube, I didn't have to wait long for my answer because they showed this, like, Russian dude who was, like, one of the ba- baddest dude, the guys Russians, coming and going. They know how to slap. He, somebody was, he, like, he had set up, like, a celery, like, a stock of celery, like, a bunch of celery, whatever, and he was just like, <laughs> and, and that celery was just gone. <laughs> Then he had like a head of lettuce and he's like, Whoopa! <laughs> just smacking vegetables. He was just like picking things out of the produce section, like, you're going down, come quiet. <laughs> I, I'm guessing his, oh. his wife doesn't have any knives or anything in the kitchen. Yeah. He's like, Honey, can you slice this for me oh. or dice it? Wait. <laughs> oh. Man, I'm telling you, if we ever wondered what happened. To the Oompa Loompas, they eventually got out of the factory. They moved to Russia and they started slap fighting. That's yeah. what... <laughs> I'd love like in between every fight, just an Oompa Loompa song about how, how bad you were at slap fighting. Talking about smacking produce around like it owes you money. It's like this sounds like a Rihanna song just with vegetables in place. It owes you money. <laughs> Celery, you better have all my money, not some of it. That's what happens, man. <laughs> Oh, how did man. we get where we are? <laughs> Listen, when you start talking about Willy Wonka killing kids, you could go anywhere, man. True, Any, true. Anywhere. Um, so, yeah, Willy Wonka is a psychopath. Willy Wonka is a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. It, it, to me, it's just unquestionable. We've answered the question here tonight. And, and folks, if you're out there and you need any more evidence and you're sitting around on a dark and stormy night, I just encourage you, you can get it online. It's a free PDF. Open it up and just start reading the songs about the children that the Oompa Loompas clearly have already written in advance. And what you will soon find between the lightning crashes is that there is someone watching you. Someone watching you all the time. It could be Willy Wonka. But later on that night when you go down to sleep, make sure you tuck your feet under the covers because that little pitter-pitter-patter you hear, that's not your kids coming to wake you up in the middle of the night. That's an Oompa Loompa coming to watch you because the next golden ticket could have your name on it. And that's all we got time for on this episode of the Kitchen Sink Podcast. What if Willy Wonka had the kids slap fight for the factory? <laughs> Take that violent <laughs> Just can you imagine Baruch Assault and uh, Violet Beauregard squaring off against each other? <laughs> Violet be, would be good at it, but like post blow up. Yeah. I, I feel like Augustus Gloop would be a real baby about the whole thing. Yeah, and, make him cry. And I feel like Mike TV would invent like the Illudium Q36000 space modulator or whatever it was that Marvin the Martian used to shoot people. You know? <laughs> the real champion would be Charlie though, and he'd be the underdog. Yeah, he would be. Nobody expects Charlie to pull it He's out. He's a scrapper. But then Grandpa Joe is there. Streets. That's right. He's, he comes trained from by Joe. Trained, trained by, by Joe. Joe man, he's up his sleeve. He's got that one arm. that's just like buffing it. <laughs> he takes that hat and turns it back. Turns like, it back. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and over the top yes. and comes back like powers activated. Thank you. <laughs> you better watch it, Veruca. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Right, look at this kid. He hasn't had a meal in five weeks. He's like, yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs>